whether this is getting better or whether it's getting worse or whether it's staying the same, right? Am I taking the temperature, right? If you talk about boiling a pot of water, if I'm doing something, I'm trying to boil this pot of water and I never check the temperature of the water, I don't know if what I'm doing is getting it warmer or get making it colder, if it's just staying exactly the same. I need to be monitoring this so I know that, hey, if I try this, does that make it get warmer? Yeah? Okay, maybe I do a little bit more of that. Is there something else I can add to the mix here? But if I don't know what it is that I'm actually doing, and if let's say I'm going from one stove to another stove to another stove, and I'm trying to heat up all these different pots of water, and I'm not paying attention to the ones I was paying attention to last week, I'm going to have a lot of pots on the stove with a lot of water that's at room temperature, and I haven't managed to bring any of them to a boil. Welcome to the Making Math Moments That Matter podcast. I'm Kyle Pierce. And I'm John Orr. We are from MakeMathMoments.com. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a six-step plan to grow your mathematics program, whether at the classroom level or at the district level. We do that by helping you cultivate and foster your mathematics program with strong, healthy, balanced treat. If you master the six parts of an effective mathematics program, the impact of your math program will grow and reach far and wide. Every week, you'll get the insight you need to stop feeling overwhelmed, gain back your confidence, and get back to enjoying the planning and facilitating your mathematics program for the students or the educators you serve. Well, my friends, we are ready to dig into a John and Kyle episode here. And the timing is pretty awesome because I'll tell you this much, John, we are recording this late in November. We just wrapped up the virtual summit this past weekend, and we've been tying loose ends and all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things from all of the learning that's been going on in the virtual summit. And something I often think about as we get to this time of the year, we have the virtual summit. Usually it's like school has just begun when we start sharing and opening the door for registration for the summit. And there's this big lead up and people are excited. And then all of a sudden the summit happens. It's a fantastic event. You and I are exhausted. We commit three full days, pretty much stuck to our computers, introducing speakers, doing some speaking ourselves and trying to keep all of the balls in the air. And something that we tend to notice, though, is that this is the time of the year where we're inching closer to that halfway point, that midway point of the school year, at least for those schools in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's something that for you and I, we heard it in the summit. We're also hearing it with our district leaders at the different districts that we work with and partner with. And that is this idea of feeling like it's like the school year is taking off on us and we haven't quite gotten our brains wrapped around our thoughts, our plans fully crystallized as to what it is that we want to do. And of course, we always say we know what we want in the end. We want students to have a productive disposition towards mathematics. We want them to feel confident in mathematics. We know a lot of those things. But what I mean by the plan is like, what specifically are we going to do in order to help 
gain ground. Because one thing that I've never ran into a educator or a district leader, I've never heard a district leader come to us and say, you know, we're going to start trying hard this year to get better, right? They're like, we just really haven't been working hard in the past. That's something we never hear. Everyone is working as hard as they can, given what they know and what they've sort of, I guess, created as habits that relate to the work that they're doing, be it in the classroom or in the district. And really, we want to use this episode today to kind of get to the root of some of the challenges and hopefully help people kind of overcome some of these barriers because these thoughts start to creep into our mind and we start to question, am I doing the right work, right? And how do I have the greatest impact on the students or the educators that I'm serving? Yeah. And I love the work that our district partners, the ones who we partner with a handful each year, and they are putting the work in and they are focusing on the right things. This is what I love about the program. But we often get people reach out to us and district leaders reach out to us, leaders reach out to us. They're at this point in almost like you said, Cal, a mid-year is coming and it's kind of like, wait a minute, I wanted to focus on like the big things. I wanted to make sure that I was working towards the right things and had alignment. Last spring, we had a webinar where we talked about alignment. We had a lot of a lot of district leaders on there. And a lot of them were like, yep, I got to We got to make a point of that. And then it's like everyone, I think, over the summer was like, we got to We got to get our big objectives lined up. We got to make sure that we put our action plans in place. And then the school year opens the gates, right? It's like stuff, stuff is happening. It's PD over here, PD over here. And it might not be the PD that you envisioned that you had back in the summer with when my objectives are, because all of a sudden superintendent's got a different focus all of a sudden. This principal is like, I need you to do this. This person's saying, I need this to happen. All of a sudden, this teacher needs this other thing. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought I had alignment. And now we're back to throwing spaghetti at the wall. And it's like, you're in the weeds. It's hard to work on what you need to work on when you're in the weeds. That gets scary a little bit because it's like coming to the halfway point. Do we really want to go through another year where we've been throwing spaghetti at the wall and we haven't really been making sure there's a focus to where the important things are, what the important things are for your district? And so by the end of the year, we've measured our important things. And at the end of the year, we can say, we did this, we did this, and we did this, and we achieved these results. You know what? That's the scary part about December. It's coming. And it's like, wait a minute, have we done that? It's so, so true. And I think what you and I often reminded of this story that I I don't believe actually the author of this story or this parable is known but it's about the jar. And I think it was the way the story is told. It's like a philosophy lecturer who puts a jar on the table and adds rocks to it, these big rocks, and fills it to the top with these big rocks. And he asks the group and says, is the jar full? And everyone in the audience says, well, yeah, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, the, the jar is full. And then he takes marbles and he pours marbles in there and the marbles kind of fit in around these big rocks and then ask the question again. Everyone says, yes, the jar is full. And then he pours water, sand or whatever version of the story that you're listening to. But the reality is, is like when we think about this, 
And if you were to think about whether you're in the classroom, in your own classroom, whether you are in a district, the reality is, is that what you have is you have this massive jar and you have a lot of things going on. And the trouble is, is that what we often forget to do or we don't take enough time to continually refine and articulate is what are the big rocks in that jar? What are the marbles and what is the sand or the water that's taking up the other space? Because the reality is something we heard in a lot of the chats throughout the summit, but something we also hear from the district leaders that we work with is there's just so much going on. And the reality is, is yes, if you think about the grains of sand in there, those are all things that are going on. But the difference is, is which ones are we going to commit more of our time and energy towards not saying that we're going to dump the sand out of the jar either. We're not saying that these things don't matter or will never matter or will never become rocks because that's the other piece too, is that we need to have only a select number of rocks. And from there, we can then start thinking about what are some of the other pieces that are in there. But the reality is, is that if we're just putting our head down and we're treating everything like the sand that's in that jar, then nothing really matters, right? Basically, you're just putting your head down, you're putting in the best day's work you can, and you're hoping that if I line up enough of my hardest working days in a row, that we're gonna see something different happen at the end. But if you really think about that logically, what you're kind of saying and what you're sort of suggesting is that, You either didn't work that hard the year before, and that's the reason why we didn't have the impact we were looking for, or the person in your role last year didn't work as hard as you did, and that was all that was missing. But I think in reality, we know that that's actually not really the challenge. It's not that we didn't work as hard as we could. It's what are we working on? And when I put that hard work in, am I putting it in the right areas And furthermore, do I actually know if it's making a difference? Do I actually have any sort of way for me to monitor whether this is getting better or whether it's getting worse or whether it's staying the same, right? Am I taking the temperature, right? If you talk about boiling a pot of water, if I'm doing something, I'm trying to boil this pot of water and I never check the temperature of the water, I don't know if what I'm doing is getting it warmer or get making it colder, if it's just staying exactly the same. I need to be monitoring this so I know that, hey, if I try this, does that make it get warmer? Yeah? Okay, maybe I do a little bit more of that. Is there something else I can add to the mix here? But if I don't know what it is that I'm actually doing, and if let's say I'm going from one stove to another stove to another stove, and I'm trying to heat up all these different pots of water, and I'm not paying attention to the ones I was paying attention to last week, I'm going to have a lot of pots on the stove with a lot of water that's at room temperature, and I haven't managed to bring any of them to a boil. Hey, Math Moment Makers, Kyle here, and I've got just a quick message specifically for our district-level mathematics decision makers out there. Do you feel like you're spinning your wheels when making district-level goals for mathematics programming from kindergarten through grade 12? 
setting new goals each year only to find little to no real shift in pedagogical practice or educator content knowledge across the district as a whole? Take a moment to book a short call with our team so we can learn more about your specific district and educator learning needs in mathematics so we can assist you in taking the first step of many in the right direction. Visit makemathmoments.com forward slash district to book a web call with our team today. We have a limited number of spots for districts just like yours, so don't wait. Head to makemathmoments.com forward slash district and grab a spot in our calendar now. When you think about what you had said about the rocks in the jar, what's happening is we're in the weeds. And if we're not monitoring all of the things that we really need to focus on, then that parabola is that if you put the sand in first, you put the marbles in next, you add the water, then there's no room for the rocks. You can't focus on the rocks. You can't get the rocks in the jar if you put all the other stuff in first. And that's what's happening mid-year. All this stuff is piling up and there's no room to like sit down and go, where do the rocks fit? And we actually have to reverse it, right? You have to put the rocks in first and then you can add all their other stuff because you put the marbles in second, they'll fit around it, like you said. And then the sand goes in and then the water goes in last and everything's going to fit. And everything's going to fit is if you do it in that order. But we thought we would do it in that order. That's why in the summer, thinking about all the rocks first made sense. But we didn't maybe get them nailed down the way we needed to nail them down. We didn't plan it the way we need to plan it. So it's like there's a phrase that I remember, Kyle, I read in a book. Again, I don't think there's any particular author because you can say it a million different ways. But it's like we what we have to do. And this is where we are right now. Coming up on mid-year, we have to do this one thing, which is the one thing is to make the one thing, the one thing. The most important thing is to make the most important thing, the most important thing. That's what we have to do. Yeah, I've heard it another way where they say like the big thing is to make the big thing, the big thing. And like you said, there's so many different ways to say what we're trying to articulate here, but I wanna back up because I got an interesting visual that I don't think I had before we hit record here today, but just that thought, when you said like, if you added the sand first, you can't even get the marbles in, right? And you can't get the rocks in, of course, because now it's just full of sand. And if we picture this jar, this jar really is your energy. It's your time. It's the maximum that you can commit to the work, be it at the classroom level, at the school level, at the district level. And if we have too many grains of sand in there ahead of those rocks, then we're left committing just a tiny bit to uh, so many different things. So by putting in the rocks, though, you had said something, but it actually does force you to leave some of the sand out for at least now, right? So that is something to consider. If I take those rocks, let's picture it as three big rocks, because we always talk about three big objectives with the districts that we work with. We're not saying that we're never going to add back any of the other sand or marbles that we can't fit in right now. But if you only have so much time in a day or so much energy or so much budget or so much PD time, the list goes on. The reality is that if we just jam all the sand in, then we're basically saying, let's just keep doing what we've always done. And you might get lucky here and there, right? 
you might have this one thing that caused some sort of positive change. But here's the really interesting part is like, what is that positive change? You don't even really know because you're not measuring it. There's no way for you to measure all of those grains of sand, right? Show me the data that says we've done a great job. Show me the data that says that the things that we did this year worked and then we can keep moving along. But oftentimes we're like, man, we're in emergency situation when we look at our student data and we need to make some changes, but then we want to add to our plates instead of make changes. So if we start thinking about this and we start to think about, okay, I think we've given everyone a visual, maybe even different possible visuals that they have of there's how a, to picture there's these. There's a lot of metaphors going yeah, on. Yeah, lots of metaphors. Pick <laughs> the one that you like, whatever works. But the reality is, is I mean, that is the reality is like, okay. We need to do that. Now, I'm going to picture, for example, I want to start at the classroom level. Let's say I'm a teacher and I'm thinking about this and I'm going, holy smokes. Yeah, I've been packing my jar with as much sand as possible that I haven't picked what rocks. I haven't decided what my rocks are. And, you know, if you really we've talked about this in previous episodes, this idea of auditing what it is that you're doing. And the reality is there's a lot of things that we do throughout the day that we've always done whether it's just something you got in an early habit of doing or that someone, a teacher that you were a mentee of or something always did. So you always do it that way. And you really have to start thinking about everything that takes your attention and time in the day and start to evaluate what is the actual gain that I'm getting here. And then most importantly, what's the loss if I spend less time or focus less attention on it. So what I mean by that is that there's some activities. So for example, for me, I used to make really, really, really pretty handouts. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I actually took pride in making these handouts. And my goal for making these handouts wasn't just to make pretty handouts, right? I enjoyed doing it. I was proud when I did it. But my goal was to help kids learn math. But if I really go back and I think about how many hours I spent making them as pretty as I did, and I'm not saying to just slop it together, you have to have some balance, but I personally am saying for me, I overcommitted. I took my jar and basically those handouts I was designing, whether I recognized it or not, because I didn't intend for this to happen, I basically made that my son actually brought this to me. He didn't know we were talking about rocks, but he brought me my little paperweight from Father's Day a few years ago. For those on YouTube, you can see. But I took that idea of making a pretty handout and I made that a rock without even realizing it. And I chucked it in the jar. And that took up a lot of my time, my energy, my focus. And there were other things that suffered because of it, right? Now, again, Maybe you have a different opinion on that. Maybe you think, no, I need to spend more time on handouts. That's up for you to decide. But I know for a fact that had I taken and spent 10% of the amount of time on the way the handout looked, I would have had more time to focus on what really matters, which I recognize now I should have been spending way more time doing the math myself so that I had a better understanding of what kids might actually do when I give them a problem to solve in my math class. And I'm going to argue that if you were to take even just one day, a regular typical day, and you were to just document 
or journal after your day is done, or maybe it's throughout the day when you have a moment and just sort of say like, where am I focusing my attention? And I audit that for a day. And then you can almost look at what you're doing and you could probably say, you know what? My rocks are these things right here, 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 and here. And then you have to decide, is that the rocks you want, right? For some people, they're going like, I didn't take time to think about what the rocks are. Well, go and figure out what what are the rocks. You have rocks, whether you realize it or not, you may have just done it unconsciously. That is taking up your time and attention. And then when we think about doing anything else differently, we assume that there's no room in this jar. But maybe I need to start thinking about whether some of the things I'm doing should be marbles or whether some of those marbles should be sand and so on and so forth. And I think by just looking at where that time and energy and focus is going and actually asking yourself whether the thing you're doing for that time and attention and energy, whether that thing itself is actually helping to move the needle, whether it's necessary to keep the needle where it's at, right? If I stop doing this, the needle will actually go down. Okay, maybe we don't do that. Or whether it's actually having a negative impact. Maybe you don't even realize that, but if you actually think about it, some of the things we do oftentimes lead to negative results that we didn't even intend. But if we go, wow, I'm spending a lot of time doing X, Y, or Z, and I didn't realize it, but I think it's actually holding my kids back from doing something, then you can start there and start to go, you know what, how do I reframe this and how do I start deciding and sort of recreating or reimagining what these rocks really could and should be for me in my particular role? Yeah, those are great kind of thought exercises for everyone to think about. And, you know, Kyle, when we talked a lot on this podcast about how to start the school year off, right, that's partly trying to think about that. We've had episodes where we talk about the pillars of math class, like our pillars are really important. And those are our rocks. Like those are the most important things that we say in our math class. And we all have to decide what those rocks are for ourselves, because, Kyle, I think the question we get asked the most is what should I focus on? What does make the most difference? And there's like a bunch of resources. There are books written about math instruction. There is NCTM's got the eight effective teaching practices. We've got the common core. You've got everything telling you what's important about math education. But you also have to decide what is the most important for you and for your students. With the districts that we first meet with, they're thinking about our district improvement program. They want to know that, right? They want to know, what should I focus on? Tell me the secret. Tell me the secret and we'll fix it. We can tell you. We can tell you what you should focus on. But it's going to be more worthwhile if you decide for yourself what you feel is the most important parts of your math vision for your district and what you think your teachers need. So we always recommend doing our magic wand wish list, thinking about what do we want to see in five years? If we're even thinking about this, if you're in a position, you're listening to this right now, and you've been nodding along, you know what's most important. Now it's about going, we got to make it. We got to make the most important thing, always the most important thing. I love it. And I think too, it's like what you were saying with districts, sometimes it's almost like they have this hope in their mind. They'll just tell us and then we could just do it and then we'll be on track by next week, right? And it's like, The reality is, is that it really depends on what have you done so far? Where are you in this journey? What matters to the people in your district, right? 
These are different students. These are different educators. This is a different situation. But the reality too is that if I can think to myself throughout my day, and this isn't just teaching, it's not just leading a district or being an administrator, but like if just in your everyday life, you were to ask yourself more often of whether the thing you're about to do is going to have a positive impact or a negative impact. And of course, there's in between as well. Those are extremes. But is this thing going to be helpful or not so helpful? Is it going to matter or not matter? Is it going to have a positive impact or a negative impact? And at the end of the day, if we're asking ourselves these questions more and more often, that can help you to shape as well. Because what I think is really important is I think people are sometimes scared to pick the rocks. They're scared to go, these are my rocks, because then they think it's published in some sort of paper or in a book, or it's going to be forever pasted next to your name as like the three things that you thought were really important. And that's not really the point. That's not the point at all. The point is that if you're going to put a lot of effort into something, let's put it into three really big things that you think are really important so that you can more quickly realize that it either is or it isn't. And then you can go all in on that rock if it makes sense to, or you can decide that maybe it's not exactly as important as I thought it was, but you have an answer. Whereas right now, if I just have all these grains of sand and I think they're all equally important, then I'm never going to know. I'm never going to know what's going to matter here or what's going to make a difference. So ultimately at the end of the day, I think you have to give yourself permission and remember that rocks, it's not that you only get three rocks. And once you decide what those three rocks are, you can never change them. They can never be updated. They can never be refined. It's quite the opposite. So you should actually be looking at your jar as often as possible and go like, does this still make sense? Is it still in line with why I put these things in here and why I gave the size to these certain ideas and why I gave less size or less importance to some of these other ones? Does that still make sense? Not because it's not, quote unquote, working on the scores or the student scores or the student achievement data, but because you're going, you know what, this actually isn't what I thought it was going to be, or it didn't have the impact, or maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and I need to figure out exactly what it is I need to do in order to do that thing better. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if I'm not reflecting about these things because I don't know what to reflect on, there's just too many of them, then I'm going to be stuck. And guess what? This time next year, in 2024, we're recording this end of November 2023. It's going to be end of November 2024, and we're going to be sitting there going, I'm just as tired as I was last year. I'm working just as hard as I did last year, but I'm not actually feeling like we're getting any closer. And that's just not a place that I want to be in anymore. And I'm sure for any listener, you're thinking you don't want to be there either. So committing that time, that effort, that focus, making the priority, what are the priorities, right? So the big thing is figuring out what the big thing is and then going big on that. You've got to do what it is that you need to do in order to get on track so that you feel that the energy you're putting into something is actually going to have a payoff at the end. And it's not going to lead to just another year of the same old, same old, right? Because again, effort 
We see it out there. People are giving it. And honestly, let's take that weight off of your shoulders. I feel like there's so many people stressed out because of how hard they work, but yet it's just pausing. Sometimes you got to slow down to go fast. And this is one of those scenarios where you really got to slow down so you can think this thing through and go, what is going to have the greatest payoff here? We do a series of activities to help create the vision and the objectives and the key results and the measurement tools with the districts that we work with. But one of the first things we do is do that magic wand wish list. And we use a specific workbook with the districts to kind of help narrow what that focus should be. And we're there along the way to help make that focus. And like, like I said before, it's like, We could give it to you, but there's more value in in us doing it together and you thinking about what you really want to focus on. If you want that workbook, or if you're listening to this right now, you want that workbook and you want to watch the webinar we did last year, you missed it, or maybe you need a refresher because it's mid-year, head on over to makemathmoments.com forward slash what matters most. Makemathmoments.com forward slash what matters most. And then you can opt in there and get our webinar and our workbook and get started or Maybe you pick up where you left off because you know what, like what Kyle said, it's November and we don't want to be here next year or we don't want to be at the end of this year going, we haven't started yet. So hopefully you're looking at this. This is not to try to stress people out any more so than you might be, but just there's still time. There's still time to get on track. And, you know, if we're looking at our math program tree and the six areas of the math program of an effective math program. We're really talking today specifically about the trunk, right? And we're looking at it from that leadership, you know, perspective. In the classroom, we talk about it being like the pillars, your classroom pillars. But even on the classroom side, it really is a leadership piece because we're talking about what matters day to day in what you do as an educator in the classroom. And sometimes that means letting go of certain things. Sometimes that means going harder on other things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's leaders that actually take the time to set the vision, to actually think things through, and then they actually put through or they enact that vision. And that can happen at the classroom level, and it can happen all the way up at the organizational level. But ultimately, at this time of the year, really take a moment to pause because I'm going to guess that you're exhausted already, right? You've been going and giving the best you possibly can and you want the best for all your students. So take that time to be the leader you are and reframe, right? Refocus a little bit and make sure the trajectory is aiming in the direction that you wanted it to this year. If it's not, then you start rethinking. And it doesn't mean that you're giving up on your plan. It means that you're modifying, right? You're pivoting and doing what you think is going to be best. And you're just making sure that those three rocks or however many rocks you think is important in your classroom, those things are going to be front and center. Folks, we want to thank you for listening today and thinking about your math program at the classroom level, at the district level. If you want that workbook and and to access that webinar, you can head on over to makemathmoments.com forward slash what matters most, or you can head to our show notes page where we put all the links for all the things that we talk about. They are ordered by episode number. So you can head to makemathmoments.com forward slash episode 262. Again, that's makemathmoments.com forward slash episode 262. Hey, listen, friends, if you haven't yet, pause 
hit a rating and review button on your podcast platform. It goes a massive way in helping us to find more math moment makers just like you. So if you made it to this part of the episode, it means that, you know what, you've been listening and you're finding some value, help someone else find that same value so that they can put some of these strategies into action in their classrooms. Well, until next time, Math Moment Maker friends, I'm Kyle Pierce. And I'm John Orr. High fives for us. And a high five for you. If you are a district leader of mathematics, a math coach, a math curriculum coordinator, a superintendent and principal, getting teacher buy-in for effective math teaching practice is top of mind. And plans only go so far. You can make you know detailed plans and, and carefully designed goals with clear objectives and key results that are measurable. But that can feel like it all falls flat if we can't engage our teachers in the work. Working with teachers who do not want to change their teaching practices is one of the most frustrating and challenging parts of our job. How do I help teachers engage in effective teaching practices when they keep pushing us away? If you can't reach the tipping point in mass adoption of effective mathematics teaching strategies, then it's it's likely we won't see student improvement in mathematics. We have a free training uh, an accompanying workbook for leaders of mathematics like you. Uh, the, math, the Make Math Moments team, myself, John, and Kyle, walk you through our four-stage process uh, we use with district partners to create clear, measurable, sustainable PD action plans, but more specifically on how to also get teacher buy-in so that it drives student engagement. So step one, register for this free training, get your planning workbook, um, and then watch the training. Schedule some time on your calendar so you can watch it and go through the workbook after completing that workbook, you're going to have a clear, measurable vision, action plan for mathematics to get more teacher buy-in, but also be able to hit your goals for the 2024-2025 school year. So head on over to makemathmoments.com forward slash four stages to start this free training.